Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to another Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, where we talk with business owners for business owners regarding the tactics and the strategies that help you grow your business from point A to point B. Today, we are talking with Winnie Anderson, who is a business achievement strategist. She helps clients uncover and embrace the courage, confidence, and clarity needed to take consistent action, build their brand and business as an expert solution provider, and make the impacts and incomes they dream of. Sounds good to me. Welcome, Winnie. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nancy. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm I'm really interested in hearing some of the words of wisdom that you have to offer. How long have you been in business, Winnie? Oh boy, let's see. Um, I have a head injury, so when I say I don't remember something, I'm not kidding. I don't remember. Um, I'm going to say I went out on my own in the first time when I got knocked out of work in 1999. That was when I had my accident. But I ended up eventually reinventing myself and, and doing some work at an agency. So I guess when I really completely this last time went out on my own, I would say probably right around 2008, 2009, right around the time of the crash. Okay. That's, I know, that's, that's a big thing. And actually something that you've just said is wanting me to go off on another tangent that I think is a really important tangent. And if you don't want to talk about it, let me know and we'll go back to what we were going to talk about again. But I too have some injuries and things that, that have made it very difficult to maintain my business and to do the things that I want to do. And I know that there's, I've worked with people Years ago, I worked in the D.C. area with people with brain injuries that really wanted to be business owners. Yeah. And you've never seen anyone put so much effort and focus into getting those business licenses. And one woman I worked with started a nonprofit and, you know, lots and lots and lots of things like that. How do you, on a daily basis, get up and get going? I just did a Facebook Live this just before we got on that said, it's sometimes you just got to push ahead, daggone it, you know, whether you want to do it or not. You know, talk to me a little bit about what you do and what other people can do if they have issues. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually, I'm glad you, glad you mentioned this. We're recording this in March, and March is Brain Injury Awareness Month, so I'm more than happy to talk about this. Uh, and I'm not going to kid you. It's not easy. You know, I'm, I'm, this is the 20th anniversary, actually, of my injury. And once you have a brain injury, as you well know, you have a brain injury for life. It's, it's the gift that keeps on giving. So the challenge is to continue to evolve and master the injury that you have and, and learn workarounds and how to, how to deal with your issues. So it actually took me 10 years to finally admit to myself, I have brain injury. You know, I would say it a lot, I have brain injury, but to really own that and say, 
this, this is me. This, I have a brain injury. So how I manage to get going every day, it's not, and there are times when it's not easy to get out of bed. I also deal with depression. So, and, and I had depression prior to my injury, but you know very well that having a health challenge can create depression as well. So one thing I do is, the first thing I do when I wake up is I say a prayer of thanks. I'm always thankful that I can open my eyes and I'm above ground. That's always a start to a good day, in my opinion. And when you think of how many people die every day from head injuries that are less severe than what I sustained, it really is something to be thankful for when I wake up. So I want to start every day from a place of gratitude. And then, yeah, I have to talk to myself because it's very easy to stay in bed on a cloudy, cold, rainy day. But I have to remember what drives me. And, and we all have multiple reasons why we do what we do. Yes, I want to create a business for myself because I can't work for other people. I, I would never get the accommodations that I need. We all know that. We know that the ADA is the law of the land. We also know there's reality here. So uh, there's, there's not going to be the kind of accommodations that I would get. So I have that drive for myself, for my own independence. Then there's also knowing that I help other people to achieve their goals and, that's, and they're counting on me. That's important to me. But one thing that I've never shared before that I'm going to share right now and I'm going to get choked up, I can tell. Um, I consider myself a role model for other people who have, I'm sorry, who have, whether it's a brain injury, uh, I just did an interview um, uh, uh, last week for a woman who she has MS and she serves the MS community. And she said, I know you don't have MS, but I, I want to talk to you about how you're able to do this. And um, I take that seriously. Yeah. Yeah. That I want to help other people who deal with permanent injury, let's put it this way, or permanent issues that otherwise would limit their success. Yeah. There's well, hope, it, don't let it limit you. Yeah, and thank you. I am so honored that, you, that you've shared that with us. And, you know, and it's, I do not have a brain injury. I have a whole body injury. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I have not only, um, have I pretty much lost the full use of my left leg and left side okay. but I have um a part of what I have are these the autoimmune which brings yeah. along with it stomach issues and I have right I have brain fog so I do have you yeah. know the, yeah, the it's similar yeah and uh, just so much and it makes that is my life and you know you have to you don't have to go around going, oh, geez, you know, everybody give me a break. I've got this, I've got, you know, you don't, you don't do that because that doesn't help you. But you do have to own the fact that you have something and almost be proud of it because you're doing something right. that probably a lot of other people couldn't do and you're doing it with 
some attachment. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's exactly how I describe it. I'm glad you said that. You're doing it with. So, so I, when people say, how do you do this in spite of a brain injury? How do you X in spite of? There's no in spite of, there's with. So mm -hmm. because I think of in spite of, it's almost living in denial. Mm -hmm. Or like your, your cross is extra bigger than it has to be. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I walk with a brain injury. I walk mm -hmm. with depression. I walk mm -hmm. with my issues. And, and I know that I'm bigger than that, than all of my issues. And I also recognize that there are things to be worked around and that I, I just need to develop strategies that work for me some of my strategies work for other people, some don't. And, and I also have to give myself the compassion to recognize that I'm not having a very good brain day today. Yeah. And, and I admit that to myself and other people. So my clients are extra special because they're okay with that. They recognize that I'm going to give them as much as I possibly can, but there, there's going to be a day when I'm going to, I might have to say to them, I, I'm sorry, I'm not functioning today really well. So yeah. I can't, I can't get on video, but I can, I can chat, right? Yeah. So, so we figure workarounds. I was very blessed that after my accident, about maybe six months after, I was, uh, a, a, I'm going to say assigned. I, I was referred to an occupational therapist who specialized in brain injury rehab, and I spent six months with her. And I credit that six months with why I can talk to you today and why I can function at the level that I can and why I feel like I owe it to the rest of the, I don't like to use the word disabled, the disabled as I call it, mm -hmm. the disabled community, um, why I want to always stand up for them and help them see you can figure it out too, I promise. Yeah, I love it. That's wonderful. And again, I give you a lot of kudos and credit and thanks and praise for being the person that you are and for sharing that because it's not always an easy thing to share. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good about saying, hey, guys, I don't feel good today. I'm, you know, I'm not going to do this. And then I have these people who at one point I considered mentors who would get really down on me and say, oh, you can't be telling people those things. They're just going to this and that. And, the, and I'm going, if they don't understand what's going on, they're not going to be good, good clients for me. So. Right. Yeah. yeah, I shared a, a post on Facebook on March 7th. March 7th is the date, the anniversary of my accident. I'm happy to give the link to that Please. to you. Um, yeah. I, and, and as I said, March is Brain Injury Awareness Month. So it was, that's why I did it. And I wanted to help people see into, and of course, as long as it was, and it is a long post, it didn't have all the gory details, as you can imagine, but I wanted people to understand this has been a journey that's gotten me here and, and it's taken me 20 years to get here. Yeah. Um, I, so no matter what you're dealing with and we've all got something, yeah. know that there is hope as long as you stay focused and committed to coming out on the other side of this and walking with whatever it is that is your fill in the blank. 
Yeah. And, and I tell you, that gives me a lot of encouragement because it's just been just a little over five years okay. since my accident. So, you know, it's, it's still, and I've just had the second surgery. The first one lasted five years and then I had to go in and have it done a second time. Okay. And now they're actually talking about potentially amputating my leg. Oh, and, God bless yeah, you. Yeah, and, you know, and I'm going, <laughs> you know, but I know that without a leg, I've still got a mouth, <laughs> you know, without a, a leg, I've still got two arms, I've still got yeah. a brain, uh, you know, I can do things. And, yeah, you, you know, I don't have to be... Um, okay with the fact that that some stupid jerk hit me and then kept on going you know I don't have to ever be um, appreciative of that although in fact I really am if you can look at some of the things that have happened and say I would not be here today in this position if it hadn't been for that thing happening but yet, on the other hand, I wouldn't be here in this position, you know? Right. Yeah. I tell people that, you know, I can recognize that the accident is one of the greatest gifts I was ever given. Mm -hmm. I would have liked it in a different box. Yeah. <laughs> but it really was one of the greatest gifts I've ever, I was ever given when I think about the outcome at this point. Everything happens, you know, Byron Katie is famous for saying, nothing happens to you, it happens for you. Right. And I believe that things are given to us and that we need to make sense of them. And each of us could very easily, nobody would, would blame you if you sat there and ate bonbons all day and watched Oprah or whoever is the talk show of the moment and, and felt sorry for yourself. Nobody. But you're you're given the option you can do that or you can say okay now what how am I going to capitalize on what I have and what's the biggest lessons that I can learn yes. and you know I've had people tell me that they are sick of hearing about my injury you know I'm sick of having it how about that uh, yeah. and, and I'm and in that case I'm not talking to you I'm yeah. talking to somebody who needs to hear this message. And, and when we can remember that, and as for the person who, who says the same thing, oh, you don't want to talk about that. I think that we know that transparency, authenticity, you know, two words that get thrown around a lot. Mm -hmm. I want people to know that you know i have something that's invisible i couldn't tell by looking at you that you have a mobility issue yeah so i want people to know that each of us carries our own cross and that judging other people is often a recipe for disaster that we're all dealing with what we're dealing with yeah well and and i think it's actually kind of funny because i never get out of my house i'm i am yeah, I'm stuck right here. And my husband had the opportunity the other day to go to a two-day event four hours from here. And he said, do you want to come with me? And I said, I would love to, just even if it was getting out of the house and going to a hotel and sitting in a hotel for two days. But we got me into my wheelchair and he took me with him to this event and i put a post up on facebook because the row it was at a university 
and the parking lot was all turned up. There were holes. There was everything, and the 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 area that was made for wheelchairs to come up onto the sidewalk was all ripped to pieces. And I literally took a video of us, a Facebook live of him trying to get me <laughs> yeah. from the car up to the, you know, the doors to the building. And we're going around like this and bumping and everything, laughing our heads off. I mean, it was funny. I thought I was going to go clump on the ground <laughs> Yeah, it's not an accommodating world. It, no. it really is not. And and those kinds of things it, it help you recognize this is not an accommodating world. But it was fun too. You know, we yeah. made it we made it enjoyable. And I had a wonderful time that, you know, sitting there and, and it was great. So anyway, thank you for sharing all of that. I You're really welcome. think my listeners will get a lot out of it. I was going to say enjoy it. That's not the right word, but, <laughs> but we'll, we'll take it to heart. We'll hopefully buy into it and understand it. And both from the standpoint of don't being judging of other people, but also if they're having issues, they'll be there. There is something else out there. Mm -hmm. So, Thank you. I also think that this is a great way to segue back into what we were supposed to be talking about in the first place. And that is on why do solopreneurs not want to stand out from the crowd? Yeah, boy, how many days do you have? That, you know, the, so the people I tend to work with are what I call corporate escapees. They're people who've worked for other organizations at one point in their life. Mm -hmm. And if anybody has really stops to think about what corporate life was like, you come in, and my background in corporate life was in HR. Uh, one third of my career has been spent in human resources. So I, I was a recruiter and a trainer, and I worked in organizational development and design. So People come into an organization, there's a level of standing out to be selected, mm -hmm. right? You, your resume, your application has to stand out from the others, both visually and from a content standpoint. You get selected to be interviewed, right? I, I had 300 resumes for one, for one opening at one point. So you really do have to stand out. So you get selected to come in for an interview. Now there are how many people who are being interviewed? So I would interview an average of 7 to 10 for any one opening. So out of those 7 to 10, I'm only going to have the hiring manager interview probably the final three. So again, you've got to stand out and you've got to stand out again to be selected. But then when you go into your job, there's only a certain amount of standing out because they want you to be like everybody else, right? So we know that, that then once we're in that position, if we stand out too far, we get slammed back down. We're supposed to be uh, compliant. We're supposed to fit in with the overall organization. So we're in that organization, some of us for decades right? We've, we've worked for other people probably for decades. I started working at 14. So we've been conditioned over time. And many of us have worked behind the scenes kind of positions, right? Human resources, a behind the scenes kind of job. So now you are completely exposed. Yeah. You're the business, you're the, you're the, you know, 
chief cook and bottle washer, right, of, of that business, you are the brand. And there's this, there's this massive discomfort that many people feel with being the center of attention. You have to ask yourself why that's uncomfortable for you. And it probably is an old story that you're telling yourself that, that what I say, will, people will reject it. I can't, I can't say that, right? There were plenty of times when I had to uphold a policy that I didn't agree with. So I had to find a way to rationalize that within myself and to, to voice it in a way that I was comfortable with it but I really didn't agree with it. So we've been conditioned again to not be able to own our own beliefs and, and to, to say things in a certain way that weren't really polarizing. And that's the opposite of what we need to be out on our own. So I think that the big, the short answer is we've been conditioned to be this way. And it's a matter of being aware of what patterns are made us successful as an employee, they're not the patterns that are going to make us successful as an independent professional. So what do we do? So the answer is to one, tune into what's not working for you, right? To, to recognize there's a level of, I must be polarizing. Now, what happens is the brain tends to swing like a pendulum. So we tend to think of, I must be polarizing as I've got to be a jerk. That's mm -hmm. not what we're saying. We're right. saying that you need to have a clear opinion and don't be afraid to voice it confidently. To recognize that the more focused you get on understanding your point of view, your, philosoph your philosophy, beliefs, your values, and saying that clearly, you're going to actually attract people who go, yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to hear no less often because you're talking to just those people who really want to hear what you have to say and who really resonate with what you have to say. And, but we're afraid of that because we've, we've dealt with our core, one of our core values as people is belonging. So we're afraid that if we repel people, we won't attract anybody. And that's what we're actually doing in repelling. We're attracting those people who are right for us. So it's that confidence we have in our own opinion and the courage to voice it. Well, and I think that that actually is a part of what we're looking for when we're talking about our ideal client. Right. You know, it's um, people, I'll say, well, who do you work with? Well, you know, I could, and there's this, and people talk about this and laugh about it all the time, but it, and it's hysterical, but, you know, here's this little... Susie Q, who's selling uh, facial masks, right? And you ask her, who's her ideal target? And she says, well, anyone with skin. <laughs> you know? no. No. <laughs> That's, that doesn't work. But I, th and then when you tell them you have to do exactly what you just said, you have to find the people that resonate with you. They get very uh, offended and, yeah and fight it right and and i th i think we need to be more aware of exactly what it was that you were saying yeah if i had anything that i could do over again it would be that i would get narrow faster because i refer to it as a slice of a slice and and the best people for this 
the best examples are doctors. So when you think about it, there are doctors who have this, you know, they have a very narrow specialty and it allows them to filter out all the other medical issues that they could possibly learn about and to truly go deep in their given subject. So I'll give you an example. So I moved uh, about five or six years ago and I, at the time that I moved, back home, I had a gynecologist who I had seen for decades. And I was, you know, as we get older, we develop different issues, right? So I was developing different issues. And now I'm 500 miles away from home, I got to get a doctor. So I wanted someone who worked with women at midlife, who was a specialist in pelvic issues, who didn't worry about reproductive issues, because I ain't having no baby. Uh, and I wanted a female and I wanted her to work at a teaching hospital. That's the equivalent of a unicorn. And that's who I found. I found, I found exactly that. She does all those things. She is an awesome, awesome doctor. I love her. And that's all she does. And she certainly has, you know, she has a very full practice. And that's what we have to remember is that we're trying to attract only those people who we, we most want to serve and can serve best and trust that we'll become a magnet. And I think it's that issue of trust that we struggle with. Trusting that the more I get my message out, the more I become seen as the go-to person for that problem that I solve. And, you know, that's interesting. Um, in, in a second, I'm going to ask you to actually talk a little bit about what you do, what your business does. But I saw a, a quote a couple of days ago that I, I'm going to paraphrase because I can't say it exactly. Um, but it's really neat. It's like, when we have a question these days, what do we do to answer that question? Right. And that's, we go to Google. Right. And we Google it and we get an answer. Google is very broad and has lots and lots and lots of answers to many, many different things. You as a business owner need to become the go-to person rather than going to Google where right. you may get a million different answers to your question. Right. You're going to get the one specific answer that you're looking for. Yes. That applies to you. That. Yeah, that really applies to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love that. So yeah. that's a little bit like what you were just saying. It, I, it I, is exactly what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, great job. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's great. Tell us exactly what Winnie Anderson's doing these days. <laughs> so what I do is I help people achieve their goals. And I work with people who are frankly have some fear about that whether they are, I work with introverts, I work with people who have been behind the scenes kind of people, so they're naturally uncomfortable with being front of, as we would call in the hotel business, front of the house. Uh, that makes them uncomfortable. And they also often have something else that's rattling around inside of them that has had them hold themselves back. So I look at where are you now? Where do you want to go? what's in your way and what's the best way around that. And we develop a strategy to help them get there. And then the big issue is how do you develop the consistent success habits 
that are going to keep you on track. So, you know, there's uh, this, this classic book, uh, The Science of Getting Rich, right? And Wallace Waddles in that book talked about how success is a science. And what he means there is if you keep doing positive things, you're going to eventually achieve your the positive outcome. Does that mean you're going to make a million dollars? No, because there's so many other factors, right, that come into play there. But success really is a matter of developing sustainable positive habits that over time are going to get you the outcome that you want. And habit change is difficult for adults. Oh, yeah. the, the late Joan Rivers, God rest her soul, she wrote 13 books before she died. Wow. 13 books. Now, how did, and, and, and I'll bet she would not have called herself an author. That probably wasn't what she led with. She would think of herself as an, a comedian, a television personality, right? And then author is down in the bio. But so you have to, one, change your identity and your, your kind of thinking, but you also have to take daily action. How did she write 13 books? She wrote every day. So there are behaviors that you and actions that you need to take every day and building those muscles of success. That's part of the work that I do is to help you develop those sustainable habits that, that lead to successful outcomes. We're going to be talking off camera. <laughs> Sounds like a good plan to me. That's, that's great. Um, moving then back on to here we are trying to figure out how to stand out. Right. Right. You know, there's, and, and you, you mentioned, you know, going oftentimes when we think of standing out, we think of going into being jerk mode, you know, <laughs> how does, I got an email this morning and I actually just put up a, a question on one of my Facebook groups because I get these all the time. I will get people asking to friend me yeah. and I'll say yes. And then I get these long, long, long messages that, oh, I'm so glad you friended me and, you know, here's what I do and goes into this whole long introduction on what somebody doesn't. Oh, and by the way, if I can ever help you, let me know. And I'm going, you don't even know, you know, who I am or what I do and you're, and you're all of this stuff. That kind of standing out is, is not good. But how does one stand out, yeah. especially when they're first trying to interact with someone, to start that know, like, and trust process? Yeah, yeah. So that's actually two separate things that are being taught as one thing. So recognize that. So one is you're just trying to pitch somebody and you're icky. Okay? Mm -hmm. you're, you're just being icky. Then the other issue is, so standing out and relationship building are two different activities. So how do you develop relationships? That's not it. That's how you get labeled a jerk. Yes. So, so number one, don't be a jerk. D don't ever be that guy. Whoever you would define that guy as, don't do it. Develop relationships the way you would normally develop relationships with, you know, but you have the advantage then of social media of being able to look at somebody's profile, look at what they post about, 
what drove you to want to connect with them in the first place? How about saying hi? How about, hey, I'd love to want to listen to your show. Can you pick out the, th what you, what the three episodes you're most proud of? Now the person gets to shine, right? And they get to say, this is what I'm most proud of. So you're going to get a peek into what really made them feel great about their own show. So it's, um, it's the, all the stuff that we all know in our heart that makes people nice friends. Yeah. Just be nice, right? And, and always put, and I was just exchanging messages with a client about this this morning. When we come from a place of genuine service, opportunity opens up. So if you can, can really focus on, I want to learn about you, tell me about you, and think, what does that person need? I must know other people who I can refer you to, or I'm, I read a lot. I'm, I'll bet I, can I know a book that would be great for you, or I saw an article that would be great for you. Focus on, on serving first. That's what builds a know, like, and trust quotient. Yeah. So, so then how do you go about standing out? It comes down to your point of view. Your point of view is made up of your philosophy, your beliefs, your values, your approach to the problem that you solve. And as corporate escapees, we often don't even know what our own beliefs are because we've been indoctrinated and enculturated so deeply with supporting the organization's beliefs and values. And we're lucky if we worked at a place where we, we were pretty similar to the beliefs and values of the organization. So it's really thinking about those things. So one of the things that I encourage people to do is think of what are the 10 commandments that you would t tell people for doing whatever it is that you, that you do, right? That you, the problem that you fix. What are the seven deadly sins that people do right what are the biggest mistakes and then what are the what is your response to those things the things that you say all the time they're your beliefs the things that make you cry the things that make you mad those are are your beliefs your values so it's it's being comfortable enough within your own skin to be able to say a clear statement and again corporate life in human resources, we were the ultimate fence sitters. Mm -hmm. And we were proud of that. We tried to look at a problem from all sides and be detached as much as we could. Mm -hmm. Well, that makes us pretty vague communicators sometimes when we're out on our own. So it's, it's being able to say, no, this is what I stand for. This is wrong. This is right. And, and it feels uncomfortable because it can be a little bit black and white. And we know there are plenty of shades of gray. How does one, if they've gotten kind of a, a, a hold on that and they're understanding that and they're working on that and they're actually starting to get the people coming to them wanting right. to have them in their, how do they then move on to sales? Yeah. Right. Yuck. Yeah. And that's because we all have, have experienced that guy. We've, and, and if we haven't, we've been in, in, in a situation where we've made a purchase, but we didn't feel knowledgeable about what we were buying, right? Cars are great examples. I love cars, but I'm not a crazed 
car fanatic. I don't know all about engines and things like that, but I'm interested in cars. I do like them. But that's a tremendously big purchase that we feel uneducated and uninformed about. So we're always looking to another expert, an outside expert, consumer reports or that kind of thing, Kelly Blue Book, to guide us in our decision. So our memory of when we have felt pressured or uncomfortable and that we didn't know enough comes with us. So when we don't want to be that person who feel makes other people feel pressured. So this is why one of the key elements to sales is remembering that sales involves four steps and four steps only educate, elevate, inspire, and invite. So when we focus on educational content, you've got a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Sharing educational information, that's, that's back to Google. That's what we're looking for, right? We're looking right. to get our, ans- our questions answered. We want, we want information. So sharing useful information with, that is genuinely show, tell somebody how to do something that answers a question. So in educating them, you elevate yourself in their eyes. You must be an expert, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you share a little bit about, it's called seeding. You share a little bit about how you got your knowledge, right? I dropped in that I have a brain injury. So I know about overcoming challenges. Uh, I'm also an adult survivor of child abuse. I understand what it's like to have an emotional wound and to, to be fearful, have a deep fear memory. And that's what, that's what fear is. It's a memory. So we then project that into our current situation. And, and in selling, we don't want to be, like I said, that guy. So you want to educate them. You want to elevate yourself in their eyes by demonstrating your ability. Because the buyer doesn't know how to buy either. So it's, it's why, you know, you go somewhere, you go to the ice cream parlor and they give you a taste of ice cream, right? They demonstrate this is good. So I want to buy more. It's why video is so popular because it demonstrates your ability. So building your sales process on a foundation of education is critical in my opinion. So educate, elevate, now inspire. While you educate them, you're helping people to recognize what's possible for them if they fix this problem. Yeah. And, and there are some, some things you can, you can say that can help them. Now think about what could you do if you did this, right? Mm-hmm. So you help in, in them inspire, get inspired. The next step is just, do you want to learn more? That's it. Do you want to learn more? Yes or no? Absolutely. <laughs> maybe I do, maybe I don't, right? Maybe yeah. I just want to read some more. Okay, that's fine. But eventually, people are going to have to talk to you, yeah. right? Because there's only a limited amount of knowledge that I can ever share in a specific time period, right? Or that right. people have time to consume either. So right. you just want to keep, you know, do you want to learn more? Yes, no. And at some point, the question is, are you ready to fix this problem? That's, and that's it. Are you ready to fix this problem? I love it. I yeah, love it. I am. I am. Or no, I'm not. Okay, great. If, if you're not, God bless you. There's, you know, I share information every week. You're welcome to stay in my community. Maybe, maybe you have a Facebook group and that's a nurturing kind of way for people to, to continue to build a relationship with you because, and again, don't, you know, we don't want to judge people. People have been scarred. 
Right. They've made mistakes. They've bought into people who talked a good game and ended up screwing them over, right? Yeah. So some people need more trust than you're able to give them in this basic interaction. So you want to keep them close. What's the best way to do that? And then again, it's always, are you ready to solve the problem? And, and again, no, I'm not. Yes, I am. Great. Well, here's how. And then it's a matter of details. So you have to feel confident in your details that when, that you say, here's how I find that is the best strategy for folks like you. You know, I have more than one program. I, there's an element of, I have to listen to what your problem is. Am I even the right person? Yeah. And if I'm not, I have to feel good enough to say, you know what? I don't, I, here's your real problem. You thought it was this. It's really this. I don't solve this problem. And you've got to solve this before you can solve that. So I recommend you go over here and then, you know, I'm always here when you're ready to solve it, this. But so I think that we've bought into some of the crap that the gurus sell. Yeah. And we have to get back to trusting ourselves, remembering that we're really just trying to solve a problem, but we want to solve the right problem that we solve best. And we want to solve it for people who are ready for it. Yeah. So there, there has to be some way for you to get educated about them too. And then it's just a matter of, in, of that invitation of whatever that next step is. So here's how I would solve your problem. You know, I have these different offerings. I think this is the best way for you. And here's what that looks like. Are you ready to get started? I, I love that. And, you know, it's, it's frustrating for me because I am out there looking for for programs, I want to refer programs to different people. I want to take programs myself. I don't see that. That's not a normal way to sell. And when you're talking about fear and memories and all of that, so often I will run into the, um, well, if you don't have that money to spend, then you're only hurting yourself. You know, that kind of... Yeah. That's using shame as a, as a sales tactic. That works, you know, yeah. and, and, and I have seen it. I know exactly what you're talking about. And so that when so many of the gurus teach that that's how you have to do it, this is where you have to really say, well, I'm not going to, yeah. and I'm not going to play these games. I'm not going to manipulate people. This is the way I work. And if you want to be shamed, there are plenty of other people who play that shame game. Go okay. over there. Literally, I had one woman a couple of years ago. She wanted like $20,000 for a program, coaching mm -hmm. program. And, you know, I didn't have $20 in my pocket back then, let alone $20,000. Right. Right. And she had the nerve to tell me that if I, my child needed a kidney, I would do what Ever I needed to to right. get the money to have that kidney fixed right. I needed to treat my business as my child and I went you know what if that was my child I'd start a crowdfunding and if that didn't work I don't know what I do because I don't got twenty thousand right. dollars and you know I don't everybody I talk to I tell that story to <laughs> because that was the most 
horrendous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now I do agree that there's, there's a level of that. I hate also the people who say, you know, it doesn't cost anything to start a coaching business or that's a lie. So that's, that's a lie on the other end. So there needs to be a happy medium. Businesses require investment Mm -hmm. and there are, so this is what you need. What's the best way for you to get that, that, met and it might be that maybe that twenty thousand dollar program would be the best but you know what i don't i'm not ready for that investment so what else can i do and this is where you know do you have a flexible offering right you have a this is why i put out content right well i have this free content you can consume and and do your best right i don't i don't hold back i tell people the how that people who say tell people the what but not the how that's bs i'm telling you how yeah i'm sorry i'm telling you how so there are books that you can buy you know all of my programs i'm in the process of of putting them into book form as well so people who hey i only have ten dollars great buy a book Bible and take yourself through it. Join my Facebook group. You've got me there. I share a lot of free information. So there are, there are ways around that, but yeah, we're responsible business people. We're supposed to be. So to have somebody say, go get a second mortgage to pay for my program. And I got news for you. You would have paid 20 grand for that program because I know people who've, who've made that kind of investment and they get almost no time with that guru. Yeah. Yeah. They get, they get videos. It's still do, do it yourself. And I'm sorry, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of how I run my business. I, you know, I, number one, I don't charge a fortune. My mastermind programs, a hundred dollars a month. You know, that's, that's most anybody. I want people to be able to afford it. I want people to say, she gets really good information and I want to be a part of this and I'm not going to have to go to the bank to get it. I do a lot of online. I, you know, I produce these podcasts that give information. I'm getting ready to write a book too. And, you know, I think it's more, yeah, I want to make money. I've got a new computer. I'm going to podcast movement in August. (laughs) I need the money for the hotel, (laughs) you know, um, and, and I'm doing that so that I can get more knowledge and experience that I can then turn around and share with other people. So yes, we as business owners need and should expect to be paid for things. But I do think that there are, you know, ways in which it can be done. And do not shame someone. That's certainly not the way to, uh-uh. to grow a business. So. No. Yeah, I am looking at our time and we're almost out of time. So is there anything that we did not talk about that you would like to share? Uh, I just think that what you want to do as you continue to to make progress to growing your business is you want to constantly challenge your own thoughts and ask yourself, do I have a belief that is no longer serving me? Do I have a habit pattern that is no longer serving me? And remaining vigilant about those things. And because the, you know, the, I think it's the Einstein quote, what got us here isn't going to get us there. And we have to remember that, that those behaviors that 
have, we've been conditioned to and brought a success in corporate life are probably not going to be the same behaviors and patterns that are going to get us to that next level of success independently. So constantly asking yourself, is this working? Is this getting me what I want? Is I think an important action that we need to take. Perfect. I agree. How does somebody get in touch with you? You know, they've heard this podcast. They really want to sign up for your programs and they have a question they want to ask you. Yeah. First of all, I'm all over social media. I spend most of my time on Facebook. You can always find me there. Uh, But my website is winnieanderson.com. And if you are serious about having a chat, you can go to winnieanderson.com slash chat. And there's a little questionnaire that you can complete and uh, to give me some information about you before we meet and have, have a chat. But I put out a lot of free content. So getting that information on Facebook or at my site is always a great, great start. Wonderful. Thank you so much for today, Winnie. It was really a very, very interesting conversation. And guys, anybody who's listening, this was really important information today. I encourage you to download it, to share it, to subscribe, because every week we have wonderful, wonderful information from other great business owners who are willing to give of their time energy and knowledge to share with you and to help you soar higher so don't wait till pigs fly but get out there get off your tuchuses and do some work and we will see you again soon thank you all and see you next week